You're listening to The Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Owen 60 Pod for all the latest news from around the OHL. And now here are your hosts, Reese Dumaney and Colin Ward. This is episode 74 of The Owen 60 Podcast. I'm Reese Dumaney, along with Colin Ward. What a big show we've got for you today. There's uh, quite a bit, and we're going to end it off with something pretty awesome. So... Make sure you stay really awesome. tuned until the final segment. Like the very last thing we're going to talk about, um, we've got a big announcement. We've kind of been teasing it the last few shows, just kind of we've been working on some stuff. Well, it's, came, uh, uh, came true, yeah. It's almost Finally. 2022, and uh, we have an announcement to make. So. Some um, big, uh, big news, dude, big news. Yeah. Make sure you stay tuned to the end of the show when we will announce it. Or you can skip ahead. Like I probably would if I was listening. And then come back, yeah. Yes. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, but before we get to that big moment, uh, we will discuss Kingston barely hanging on against Peterborough uh, in uh, last week's featured game. Uh, of course, we'll go through the entire weekend. We were at a couple of rinks, so um, we'll give our yeah, thoughts great. on just the OHL weekend all together. Um, COVID versus hockey. Um, that's essentially what the Sudbury Wolves are battling right now, uh, as they have two more games uh, postponed. Uh, so we'll get into that. Uh, more trades. A lot of trades, actually. Well, four on this list. That's a lot ish. Yeah. Um, suspensions. Again, only one, though. So that's all right. I guess we're moving. Yeah, that's right nice. Direction. The streak's so almost ended. That streak, way. <laughs> the streak's almost over. Reese. The streak's almost over. I think this is the week. I think next week's show, we don't have a suspension to talk about. Ooh. That's not, that might be in a fact. That's in a fact. Be. You know what? Book it. Book it. What up, Matty Rowe? Book that. Book that right now. Yeah. No suspensions next week. If All not, right. I'm going to look like a, if not, I'm going to look like a fool, but you're not. Very true. Not the first time. You're good. Very true. Very true. <laughs> Uh, we will get to the player and goalie of the week in the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, Hockey Canada has announced their camp roster. Not very big, but they've announced it. Uh, nine OHLers uh, are headed to selection camp out west, so we'll get into those guys. Um, and of course, the featured game uh, for this upcoming week, which I think for the first time in a few weeks, we haven't decided before the show started, so. Yeah, usually it's like, yeah, lock, we're going, let's go. Yeah, yeah we got this game, and yeah, today, no. Yeah, <laughs> no. I'll figure it out. Yeah. There. And then, of course, uh, at the end, the announcement, hashtag the announcement. Um, yeah, hashtag the yeah. announcement, like the yeah. Ohio State University. Like the Michigan Wolverines playing in a college football playoff game. Why do I do the thing? The University of Georgia. Yeah, let's go Bulldogs. Let's go Dogs. Roll Tide. Yeah, they get Cincinnati. I feel like they're going to steamroll them. <laughs> oh, big time. I don't yeah, think it's going to be close. I know. Like, Alabama, Alabama's my pick. Alabama's my pick for sure. Roll go Tide. Go blue or go home. Go home, man. Nah. <laughs> I'm just, nah, just bugging it. <laughs> I know. You can't even chirp Ohio State loss. So. Yeah. I mean, that was like our 80th biggest win, biggest game. Next year will be like our. Biggest game probably that game after losing. I feel like it was a tough. Uh, it was a tough Friday too, losing our uh, five star recruit. So that was tough. But oh well. See, ya. that's why the OHL plays on Saturdays. Yeah, right. I haven't. I, I haven't. I haven't watched a Ohio State game. I watched it, like the first quarter. But I was in Hamilton last week for the for the game. So I don't think I've watched an Ohio State game since the summer. But yeah, it's in, like. I just haven't had time. Yourself a fan. Well, well, well. I haven't been home. Like I haven't been home on the weekends. Yeah. Very like, true. It's been hard to. So it's been hard to watch. It's just been highlights and stuff. Because a lot of three and threes. I've had twenty three games so far. And you know, so it's been fun. A lot of action. I like that this you're keeping track. Fun. Yeah. I can't yeah. even remember. <laughs> you're probably you're probably around the same. Probably because like when I'm in London, you're in Niagara. Yeah. Thursday nights, I'll be in Niagara. It's hard to get there on the during the weekends. Yeah, Thursdays are rough. Yeah, well, going down the mountain. Yeah. Well, not the mountain, but like getting to Niagara. It's like 
Yeah, I guess. Yeah, true. True. But yeah, like that drive's tough. That drive's tough. And it's like 45 minutes to get from the lake to uh, down the mountain. It's not fun. Bumper yeah. to bumper. Yeah, it sucks. It's not fun. Yeah. But anyways, uh, first topic or first order of business, uh, I should say. Kings and Frontenacs. Looked like we had a blowout for this. Oh, I looked like a fool on that one, too. And then, oh, uh, my. Yeah, the Peterborough Peets had other plans. Um, it, it, it's wild because you look at these teddy bear games, and this was uh, Peterborough's teddy bear toss game. You even saw it in Niagara. They had no offense going for them uh, against North Bay Saturday. They scored the teddy bear goal, and in the next five minutes, they probably could have tied the game at three after being down three, nothing. It's weird what that teddy bear goal does to teams. And uh, I mean, we're going to run through the scoring summary. Then we're going to give our thoughts on the game, but you know, it was pretty evident that, uh, you know, something jolted that offense and it may have been the numerous teddy bears hitting the ice. Um, it may have been the delay, the fact that Kingston kept standing around and, you know, the Peterborough Peets, they were up there moving. They're having fun. They're taking pictures with teddy bears and, you know, skating all around doing dives into piles of bears. So, Oh, yeah. Who knows what it was, but uh, go through the scoring summary for you. Kick things off. Shocker. His 10th of the season. Shane Wright makes it one nothing. 11-15 mark of period number one. Lucas Edmonds. Not a big deal. Gets the lone assist. Yeah, he's pretty good, eh? Yeah, he's uh, decent. And then, Just uh, decent. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty and then make it 2 nothing. It was Lucas Edmonds. His 13th of the year. Jordan Frasca. Francesco Arcuri getting the assists that came exactly one minute after Shane Wright opened the scoring. Then just under two minutes after that, Francesco or Curry gets his 10th of the year. That came unassisted at the 14, 14 mark of period number one. And then to round out the scoring summary, 1553 mark of the first Martin Chromiak, his ninth of the year power play goal too, by the way, uh, makes it four, nothing. And, you know, you could easily say, oh, we're going to see a goalie change, but uh, they didn't do that. Uh, Peterborough Peets, they stuck with their guy. They stuck with Ty Austin. So um, it was 4 nothing after one. We head to the second, only four minutes and five seconds in. Jordan Frasca's 11th of the year makes a 5 nothing. Edmonds and Murray uh, getting the assists on that one, and that ended uh, Ty Austin's night. Um, he was done after giving up five to the front knacks, and yeah, we, we got to that point. You texted me. You're, like, you're saying, oh, we're going to get to 10. It's going to happen. Like, this does not look good at all. Like, Peterborough had anything. no energy at all. and Exactly. Peterborough had no energy at all, like you said, and they didn't really have any, like, life to the game. I mean, like, yeah. it's kind of this flat, you know, go through the motions. And when you're down five, easily fold it up. So props to Peterborough. Props to Peterborough for having the guys stand in there. I like that. Yeah, so five straight for the front next to start. And then it would be five straight. For the Peterborough Peets, 9.37 mark of the second period. Joe Carroll gets his first of two on the night. That would be his seventh of the season, making it a 5-1 game, bringing the teddy bears to the ice. Uh, and like we mentioned, you know, just that jolt seemed to come uh, after that goal. Again, that got the crowd into it. I mean, it, it's still tough to be into a game as a fan when your team's losing 5-1. to one. But after you throw a teddy bear onto the ice – that gets you pretty fired up and you, you know, the players are in it now. They're like, Oh, like, look at all these bears. Like a lot of fans came out just to like have a great night at the rink and throw Teddy. It was packed. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was a really good crowd there in Peterborough. Yeah. Uh, So again, five, one at the time you think, Oh, Kingston's still good with the team they have, you know, should easily be able to close this out. Uh, No, not really. Uh, 13. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a bit. eh? Uh, Oh, big time. 13-17 13-17 mark of the second period. Uh, Ryan Gagne gets his first. Made a 5-2 at the time. Joe Carroll would then get his eighth second of the game. Uh, Sproul and Avon getting the assist yeah. on that one. 19-minute mark. That was a power play goal as well. Yeah, and stat of the day. Stat of the day. Emmett Sproul with that assist breaks the Peterborough Peets franchise record for the longest point streak in Peets history. So 20 games. 31 points. Congrats to Emmett Sproul. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. All, yeah. He's now their all time uh, point streak leader in Pete's history. So congrats, Emmett, on that one. That's a pretty good accomplishment because Peterbilt's had a very, very impressive yeah. alumni. So for Emmett Stroll to be at the top of that list, 
that's pretty nice. That's nice to have. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I think it, there's a couple of names that we think of right off the top uh, in terms of NHL is going back to Peterborough. So uh, yeah, there's a couple. Yeah, yeah just a few. <laughs> Um, so we head to the third five, three Kingston and, you know, still comfortable with a Kingston team like that five, three. All right. You know, maybe get an insurance marker here, get a three goal lead and then, you know, just play Stan Butler hockey and dump and chase every minute, um, and change. So, uh, but that wasn't the case. Six Oh six mark period. Number three, uh, Josh Cavanaugh gets his first, um, Rayers Alfano. Uh, They get the assists on the, Fourth Peterborough goal, and then 20 seconds later, Mason <laughs> yeah, McTavish. Don't yeah, exactly, right? Mason McTavish, fifth of the season. Emmett Sproul and Keegan McMullen get the assists. 5-5 five, five game. And I just yeah. – I had to lean back and believe like, it. what the bleep is going on here? Same. <laughs> like, Same. He's like – it was Kingston's it an like OHL was championship over. favorite. They just gave him a five goal lead. Yeah, it happens. I mean, Peterborough getting Mace McTavish back, you can see that life. You can yeah. see that life. You can see that energy. They didn't have it early on in the game, but you could see when you have an elite player like Mace McTavish, they're going to create chances. But the impressive thing was you look at this McTavish, the one point. So there's a lot, there is a lot of depth forming in Peterborough, and that's a nice thing to see. Because obviously the rumors at the deadline are what they are. And it's nice to see that depth forming where guys like Sproul have the longest point streak. That's nice to have. That's a very nice problem to have for Peterborough. They're getting depth. And that's what's most important right now. I agree. Well, they almost had to plan their season around Mason McTavish not being there because you really didn't know. Exactly. Like we, it, it was kind of – you were kind of thinking like, oh, yeah, he's probably going to, you know, get close to it nine will. games and then come back. But – you know, at, at the time you're thinking, well, he's not really doing half bad with the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah. Like he really he's wasn't that bad as a you rookie know, coming into the league, right? You know what I think it is in Anaheim? I think it's contract situation. They got Seagrass there. You have Drysdale. You have so many guys there that you can't pay in the same year, like what the Leafs had to do. When yeah. you have to pay, when you have to pay three or four top prospects in the exact same season, that's tough. And with the cap the way it is, and with COVID and stuff, the cap not going up until next year. It's kind of a tough situation for them to keep Mason McTavish because they can't pay them all the same year. Mason McTavish is going to be a very good hockey player in yeah. the National Hockey League. So and that's why, in my opinion, I think that that's why they set him down because of the cap situation. They can't pay those guys the same year because Anaheim had a lot of prospects coming up this season not to pay them all the same year when their three years expire. So that's a lot of money to fork out in one year. Now you just worry about McTavish by himself the following yeah. year. So that's okay. That's okay, and yeah, and also it gives them a chance to play top line minutes as well because they're stacked in the prospects. Oh yeah, yeah, good point by you there. Um, so yeah, Mason McTavish is fifth of the season, uh, six twenty six mark, five five game at at the PMC. Of course, Peterborough, uh, they made the goalie change after that fifth goal. Um, you know, it was it wasn't Ty Austin's night. They bring in Michael Simpson. Ends up stopping 15 of 16, unfortunately, uh, getting the loss. But he played well enough to win in this game. Uh, it was unfortunate it was in relief of Ty Austin. But it was just one of those nights uh, for the Peterborough goaltender where, you know, some of them he wasn't stopping. But some of them you just look at them. Okay, yeah, this isn't a Ty Austin night. Let's switch it up and let's get him out of there. Keep his confidence high. So, yeah, um, yeah Simpson plays just over you know, 33 minutes and – Know, takes the loss, but a 15 save effort from him. So, uh, whereas on the Kingston side, Aiden Spooner, uh, he played all 60 minutes, and Levi Miralainen wasn't even dressed for Kingston in this one. So, um, it easily could have stayed five nothing and ended six nothing for Kingston if if Miralainen's in the net. So, um, yeah, five five game, and then it was the dagger. Paul Edwinski's fourth of the season. Uh, Thibodeau and Murray assisting on the game winner, 12.03 mark of period number three. And like I said, that was the difference. 6-5 final. Kingston takes it uh, in Peterborough. Just overall thoughts on the game, Colin. I mean, like we said, it was it was a blowout situation. 5 nothing early in the second period. 
Kingston looked like they could have scored 10 and then just all of a sudden it turned around. So, I mean, we could, we've kind of discussed a few points already, but just the overall thoughts on the game from your perspective, Colin. Yeah. And I mean, I always say this in baseball about pitchers. One night they look like Neil Young, the next they look like Cy Young. That was the type of game for Peterborough. That was the type, <laughs> that was the type of game for Peterborough. Reese. I mean, that's Ty Austin that night yeah, in a heartbeat. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was Neil Young in the first, next thing you know, it was Cy Young in the second. And that's what happened. I mean, you're down five. Those are tough. Those are tough. Those are those nights where you just put out the fire, call the dogs, let's go home. Let's go home. But props to Peterborough. Props to Peterborough for their compete effort. It changed in the second period. It changed and it was for the good. 41-32 the shots for the Peets in this hockey game. Spooner, actually, you could say, kept them in the hockey game in the third period because yeah. Peterborough had chances. I mean, they scored five straight goals. You have to make those extra saves, which he did, actually, which is impressive in my opinion. Then you look at a face-off dot. 50 to 22. Kingston needs to clean that up. You just lost 50 faceoffs. That's a lot. That is a ton of faceoffs. I might be near the top in the league this year. Maybe that might be a stat of the day next year, next week, the faceoffs. Because that's a that's got to be up there for most losses. You lose 50. That's that's a tough night. That's a tough night. That's the next day at practice when you're at practice or at morning skate when you got the assistant coaches here. Practice and faceoffs, that's rapid fire. It's like, oh. But that's what that would that's what that would be the next practice for sure. I mean, you look at that, you gotta clean that up. Shots on goal, it really doesn't matter because a lot of shots on goal aren't quality shots nowadays, you know. There's shots from the corner. There's shots from the corner. I mean, it's hard it depends what kind of shots they are. They were kind of quality shots, but they weren't all that hard. There were a couple in the chest, but he did mm-hmm. make some extra save spooners. So I'll give him the for the doubt for sure. But yeah, power play one for three for Peter Rook, Kingston one for one. Really can't look at the power play. Both teams, Kingston perfect on power play, one opportunity, one goal, one for three for Peterborough, 50 to 22, the faceoffs, as mentioned, and then 41 32. So Peterborough won every category, you could say. So that's a coin flip game. That's a coin flip game. Obviously, it wasn't very eye candy at the first uh, half of the game, but the second half definitely was. So props to Peterborough for coming back into the hockey game for sure. Props to Kingston for not blowing it because that would have been – that's a long bus ride home to Kingston when you blow one in Peterborough like that Thursday night. Those aren't a fun ride home. You got to school the next day. So props to them. Good hockey game. That was a fun one. Yeah, you almost think going back to the Mike Babcock terms in Toronto, oh, we didn't start on time. Oh, if Peterborough yeah. would have started at the 20-minute mark of the first period, uh, we could easily be talking about a Pete's victory. But, you know, that just wasn't Pete's the case. Victory, yeah. uh, getting outscored the first 4 nothing. Um, and then, well, they won period two and three, uh, scored three in the second. Kingston only had one. Uh, Peterborough put a, put in two in the third. Kingston only had one, and that was the winner. So, um, yeah, again, a uh, tough role to come into as a backup, but uh, very nice job uh, by Pete's goaltender, Michael Simpson, to keep them in the game. So, 6-5 final, the Kingston Frontenacs defeat the Peterborough Peets at the PMC uh, this past Thursday, December 2nd. Time for a break. When we come back, uh, it's headline time. few things to discuss. Uh, you know, we'll give our overall thoughts on the weekend. We saw a few games, um, so we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about the Sudbury Wolves not being able to play hockey. Uh, you know, four trades took place. And, of course, one suspension, which really sucks. And then, of course, we'll get to the player of the week and the goalie of the week. And Team Canada might be a long second segment. We'll see. Yeah, for sure. Should be a fun one, though. So we'll chat about all of those topics next here on the Owen 60 podcast. This is the Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Welcome back to the Own 60 Podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the Own 60 Podcast, uh, especially within the next month. Well, less than a month, actually, you could say. Um, big announcements coming. Like we mentioned, stay tuned. End of the show. We're going to announce something really big for the show, for the brand. Um, we're really excited about it. So uh, make sure you stay tuned and make sure you follow at the Own 60 Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Of course, the link tree is there. We've passed our 8,000 listens just on link tree since we started that. You know, yeah, we're almost at nine early this year. 
yeah, getting to 9,000. Hopefully we'll get to 10 by the end of the year. I think we have a chance uh, to do with about what, I think three shows left probably. Yeah, we will. Including this one. So um, I think we will. Yeah, it should be good. Uh, Lake Tree's there. Uh, wherever you listen to the your podcasts, uh, more than likely we're on it. So uh, Apple, Google, SoundCloud, Spotify, probably some others, SoundCloud. Um, so make sure yeah. you follow us at the Own 60 Podcast. And, of course, the link to our website's there as well. Uh, Joel Vanderland, he's got his articles going. So at the Own 60 Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now to start segment two. Uh, it's unfortunate. But uh, the Sudbury Wolves aren't playing hockey right now. And it really sucks. Yeah, and the Peach weren't either. COVID still is a thing. It's very nice that we're able to get a season underway and get it going. But, uh, you know, teams, they still are affected by it, unfortunately. 12 positive tests um, for the Sudbury Wolves Hockey Club. And they've already had three games suspended. Uh, The OHL has postponed... You know, postponed is a better word than suspended. Um, the OHL has postponed two more. Uh, Friday, December 10th, Sioux Greyhounds were supposed to be in town to take on Sudbury. That's not happening. Um, both the 10th and the 12th, the Sioux Greyhounds were the visitors. So um, both those games will not happen, unfortunately. Of course, the OHL uh, continues to work with uh, the Sudbury Wolves and the public health Sudbury and districts. Kind of a crappy name for a health unit, but all right. Um, so hopefully they can get it resolved soon. Hopefully players can, well, players, staff, office staff, you know, whoever's involved. Everybody, in yeah, everyone involved. Um, hopefully they, they can all you know, feel better, test negative, and uh, hopefully the Sudbury Wolves can get back on the ice because we need more Quentin Musty in the league. So um, yeah, we do, yeah. We need him playing again because he's really fun to watch. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he is. And especially this year, Sudbury's. Well, I mean, they're struggling a little bit, but they got some talent there and they're fun to watch. Yeah. So, yeah. It's an, but, like, yeah, it's a tough situation there for sure. I'm just wondering about league protocols. I wonder how much it's going to change. You see the NHL venues, and this yeah. is the one point I want to add because I don't like talking about the COVID situation because it's out of our control. But the one thing I want to add is you look at NHL arenas and they have the plexiglass by the tunnels going on the ice. I am surprised that's not happening yet in the Ontario Hockey League. I really am because for all the protocols we had last year about even trying to play, I mean, there was no body contact, (laughs) no one report. So legit. So you would think a thing of plexiglass, I mean, fist bumps, obviously it's cool for a kid, right? Yeah. You like that. You like that interaction players and fans, but with COVID, you really can't take that chance, right? Like fist bumps. I mean, what's the first, what do you do on the bench when you grab a water bottle? Take your mouth guard out. You just put your mouth guard in your glove. You bump. You have a fist bump from a fan. You don't know where they've been. You don't know what's going on. And it can be vice versa, player to a fan, right? And then you got to spread in the crowd. But you go, you get a drink from the water. You take your water bottle. You go to your mouth. Get your mouth guard from your glove where you just fist bump somebody. You put it in your mouth. Like, it's constant contact, right? Like That is one thing that I noticed with the Ice Dogs on the road trip to Oshawa. They all had their own water bottles. Like, they were all labeled. Yeah, a lot of teams Like, there's no sharing this year, which, you know, whether or not they actually follow that is a different story. A lot of teams do. Yeah, Hamilton does that as well. Hamilton, look at the benches. A lot of the benches, you'll see about, like, 20 water bottles out there on the ice. All with numbers on them, yeah. Yeah, because they can't share, Yeah. yeah. Which I like that. I'm all for that. But I'm just surprised the fist bump thing is going on this year because of that the nhl nhl it's kind of not because the plexiglass there and i think it's a great idea because you can't take those chances now i guess well i mean that that's what worked out well so well with those visiting nhl teams they'd get that like cover that they put to the end of the bench so no one could throw beer or food at the players like that that's kind of the same thing but i mean if you don't want to keep moving something back and forth then yeah plexiglass is a good idea so Um, yeah you know who knows we may see some changes Hopefully not, but uh, you never know. You know. We'll see what happens. Of course, the government will but have like to be some... involved at some point, I assume, if this continues to get out of hand. But um, it's one team yeah, right now. Get... It's really been two teams um, so yeah. far that have had games postponed. But uh, and that's pretty good. That's pretty good that's to make it, it from December. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good to make it to December. You just got to get really to the, only break. Happened at the, end get to the Christmas break. Exactly. You just got to get to the Christmas break. You can get yeah. to the Christmas break. Okay, go home. Have a safe trip, like have a safe uh, family holiday, yeah. and come back, and hopefully everything's clear. Well, that would be nice. sailing. Yeah, that's the plan. Yeah. 
All right, moving on to something less boring. Uh, no, it's not boring. <laughs> might be a little Wait, fiery, though. Okay. Am I, uh, All right. Are you sure about that? Now, now moving on to something <laughs> that is exciting. There we go. That's a better transition. Uh, uh, no, no, no. Um, thoughts on the weekend. Might as well give our thoughts on what we saw over the weekend. Colin was in London a couple of times. Um, I made it to Niagara Saturday. We were both in Hamilton on Sunday. So we saw a lot of hockey. Um, you know, we also watched a lot. Whenever we weren't at a rink, we were able to watch some online uh, throughout the week before we got to Saturday and Sunday. But, you know, just what, what are your thoughts on the overall weekend in the Ontario Hockey League? Boom, my mind explodes. My mind is blue there. It's because, wow. Like, wow, what just happened this weekend? I mean, yeah. what what is the standard? What is the standard for a referee? That's what Oh, so, this, okay, this is our ref discussion? All right, I'm down. Yeah, we got to yeah. get into this. So we got to get into it. For anyone yeah, listening, th- Boom, this, was, this was a I got joke. the fuse. You got the light. Like, let's go. Like it, uh, that this was a bad weekend for officiating. I mean, the, the, the game Sunday between here and Hamilton, I actually thought was officiated pretty well. There were a couple it ones that good. were like, eh, okay. But you know, we also jack. saw a lot of control uh, late in the game. You know, we saw a play where you could have called a trip on that, on a play. It didn't happen. Well, and then there was a hook coming into the Hamilton end, and that wasn't called. So you're like, okay, third period, close game. They put the whistles away. That's what you want to see. And in a few of the games, maybe more than a few of the games that we saw this weekend, it was the exact opposite. And it was – this was one of the worst weekends for officiating I have ever seen. Yeah, it's, it's up there for me too, Reese. I couldn't believe it. it started on Friday night and it went into Saturday hard. Yeah, and two for sure. Both games we were at, we saw some crazy situations, Reese, that we probably won't see again. And Friday night it started. It started in Kitchener. It was a it was a questionable game. I mean, you look at the penalties, nine to two, the power plays in favor of Owen Sound over Kitchener. Yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. Obviously, there was some rough stuff there, but got to kind of get control into the games there, you would think, right? And then we get into Saturday where it's just a wild situation with Ben Goudreau getting hurt, getting pulled. They brought in the scratch as an e-bug, I would assume, because Anson Thornton did not go in, the, who was the backup goalie for the Sarnia Sting Saturday at the yeah, By the way, any backup goalies listening to this, don't do what he did. Don't do what yeah. Thornton did. Yeah, thank you. Because I – Not to call anyone I, out, but – But, like, we got to get that, a move on the game here. Yeah. yeah we gotta, can't be here like, for three hours, like – yeah, and so it was Teddy Bear Toss, obviously, in London, so there's already a delay. But so Goudreau gets pulled. Oh, Next thing you know, they br- faster then. Jeez. Yeah, then they bring in the <laughs> e-bug from the stand from the stands because Thornton reported was under the weather. So yeah, Colin's big ten source on that. Yeah, what up, Dan Patrick? But you like, <laughs> but like, yeah, like I was surprised that happened. I mean. He comes in, gives up two on three shots, I believe. I mean, one went in. The second one went in, but it was overturned. It was not side. But I still count it as a goal given up offside. Yeah, it, score. If it's, it's still a shot a that you have, like, should stop, even if it's offside, you're kind of like, Ugh, yeah, what? It's a goal. Why yeah, it's a goal. Mean? It's still a goal. Yeah. It's still a goal. So then he gets pulled. Anson Thornton comes in. When Anson Thornton came into the game, I thought it would be a delay of game. I really did. You you shouldn't be able to make two goaltending changes in a span of five minutes. You really shouldn't. I get the first one because it's l- pulled from the league, so you really can't give them a delay a game. It'd be different if it wasn't, but it was fr- from the league sources, so you really can't do that. So the second one, though, should have been a delay a game, and Anson Thornton came in and looked pretty good. I mean, London outshot him 38-22, to 22, I believe. 38-22. to 20. I know they had 38 shots. I think Sarnia had 22, but the shots look at look how much it favored London. So Anton Thornton came in and played pretty good. And Sarnia got the win. Good for Sarnia. They have London's number this year. They really do. And just a weird situation. I mean, I've never saw that before. I thought they should they should have a delay a game on Thornton for coming for making that second goaltending change, but I guess it's unlimited, right? So oh well, they should have made them stay to the break, though at least a commercial break at the halfway point. And Reese, you had some fireworks too. So let me put for anyone that saw the tweets that I felt the need I had to put out. I probably didn't, but um, 
So you're going into a game uh, with the top team in the Eastern Conference, okay, against the bottom team in the Eastern Conference, North Bay visiting Niagara. So we, we, we've seen Niagara players lose their temper a few times this season. Again, this isn't calling anyone out. It's just we, we, it's, we witness this and it happens. Um, when you're in last, there's frustration. It's going to happen. So, um, so there's an officiating crew, and this is including linesmen. Uh, the most experienced official had four years of experience in the OHL. Now, that, that, that's a decent amount of time. But he was the linesman. I'm not – if you want to look up who did the game, I'm not going to mention it. There's no point. If you want to look it up, go, go look it up. Um, everyone else, two years or you know, three years as an official, but you know, first as a referee. And you're thinking, okay, well – and Ted Lehman said it, that this game could be rough. It could get out of control, and there is no experience in this officiating crew – to keep it under control. We were right. It, it got ugly very quickly. You know, there there's questionable hits, you know, that actually shouldn't have been called both going against Niagara. Um, again, this isn't me being biased as, you know, a Niagara fan or anything, but you know, when the back referee sees a head go back, well, it's an automatic head check. Well, no, it isn't. His shoulder went into his chest and his head ended up going back. And of course, yeah, a scrum ensues, you know, stuff happens, penalties guys, get called. You know, there was guys no try to embellish that too with the head. Guys oh, yeah. always do that with the high stick save, like they yeah. got a shot. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, there was no standard, like you mentioned, Colin. There was no standard set at the game, like at the beginning of the game. It's just, you know, the, and, the teams were free to do whatever they wanted. And it was very unfortunate. And then you get to the end yeah. of the game where, you know, you're, Daniel Gushin's getting a 10 minute misconduct and he's essentially done for the game. You know, you're getting fights and scrums after every whistle and you know, you're not sending guys to the box because, Oh, they're just rough housing. Well, no, you, the game's out of control now that you didn't stop this in the first period. So they know they can exactly. get away with it and they're going to keep doing it until someone gets hurt. So, you know, there, it, it was a very bad, badly officiated game in Niagara on Saturday. And I know there's gotta be a review somehow, by the league, but that, that can't happen. You can't have, you know, eight to 10 years of officiating experience in one game. That, that's, exactly. that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. You've got the top team going up against the bottom team. You expect the game not to be close. And it really wasn't five, one final for North Bay. And the, the, it was way out of control. The refs had no control of the game at all. You know, you had Billy Burke at the end of the game on the bench yelling at the referees for like five minutes, like, hey, that like this game's on you. Well, no, it really wasn't. You scored one goal. You didn't deserve to win. But you know, you, you get into that situation, you have Dakota Betts, and you know, he's frustrated. You saw him slam his stick against the boards after the game. That's out of frustration, clearly. Like there's a standoff after the game between both teams looking at each other, and that's all caused because the refs let it all happen. So, you know as much as you can look at it as Niagara not being happy with 13 points in 21 games, um, both coaches, Billy Burke and uh, Ryan Ulihan, um, they had the, they had a pretty good argument to be pretty mad at the officials uh, on Saturday night. So um, yeah, they just, yeah, it was, it was something we had to talk about because it was, Oh, for sure. It, it was a bad weekend. And I just want to mention by standard, my point is, and I tweeted this out last Sun, last Saturday or oh, no, last, yeah, last Saturday, Kingston Hamilton game. I was tweeting about this. So I like when, and this is what I mean by standard. If you're going to come out and call stuff early, you have to stick with it because when you don't stick with those calls late in the game, that's when chaos comes yeah. out. And we've saw that a lot over the last two weeks around the OHL. So you got to stick to your, what your standard is. So if you're going to come out and call it, you got to call it. My opinion, and I feel like a lot of hockey fans have this same opinion on this, come out, and if you're going to call it, gradually put it away. So then in the third period, we got some good old-fashioned hockey. Yeah, That's that's how I like the game being called. I mean, you like the rough stuff. You like the rough stuff. Obviously, it can't be over the top. Yeah. But it's the third period. Guys are battling. I mean, you have OAs in their last season. You have guys looking for the draft. 
the intensity level goes to the roof. So in my opinion, I like when they can gradually put the whistles away, but keep control of the game. And it did not happen much this weekend. There was a couple of good games officiating. I mean, like you said, Sunday, Sunday in Hamilton, the Erie Hamilton game was greatly officiated. Yeah, I mean, it was. it was incredible. I and mean, that was one of the best officiated games I saw. It was three, two in a shootout. Really good game. Boring overtime. Boring overtime. Yeah, it was. But but very good, very good officiating, I thought, in my opinion. I mean, there was calls. There's a lot of calls, but they stuck with it. They didn't yeah. put it away. If they're going to call it a one, and we saw a play in overtime, I think it was Nathan Stados get tripped down. I believe it was Stados or Meshack for Hamilton. They get tripped down going into the Erie zone, get tripped down, and Hoffman comes back the other way for Erie, gets hooked, no call. So yeah. they, that's the standard. They're putting the whistle away, and I like that in overtime. Three on three is the best. Best thing hockey's ever had, in my opinion, since a lockout. So, really good officiated game there on Sunday in Hamilton, though. So, end of the positive. Yeah. No, just, well, let's clean it up. We don't want guys getting hurt because the game's out of control, right? So, exactly. Um, just something we had to talk about, and we've gotten it out of the way. Now we'll move on. Um, although, I do want to mention Saturday night, uh, Ty Nelson um, can play hockey like really Ooh, well. Big time, eh? Um, big time. Power play the fourth and fifth goal for the North Bay Battalion. Again, calls that were, eh. but uh, he he can move on the power play. He can make plays on the power play. He just watching him skate from you know point to point, skating across that blue I'm line. You know, he moves down to the hash marks. He's you know he finds a way to get open. He's always available for a one timer. Really, never takes one, but. You know, it's an option. And the fact that you are able to be a rookie defenseman in this league, playing on a top power play unit on the top team in the Eastern Conference, uh, again, one point behind London for being the top team uh, in the Ontario Hockey League, and you're able to get yourself open for a one-timer every opportunity possible because that's what you got to do with goalies. You got to make them move. You can't just keep taking shots right at them when when they're already set up. So the fact that Ty exactly. Nelson, how well he played uh, in general on Saturday, but I was really impressed with how he played five on four and just his ability, ability to create plays and you know stay open to be available for a pass and take a shot. And he was rewarded with a goal on the power oh, play as well as got an assist. Uh, oh, he's got a big goal, toolbox. So. Yeah, he's got a lot of tools in the toolbox, that's for sure. Ty Nelson, such a good player. He's kind of he's kind of like a more physical Jamie Drysdale. Yeah. Like, I mean – Writer Joel Vanderland and I have had a talk for the last two months, I think, about Ty Nelson getting an invite to the World Junior. It never happened, so now we can talk about it. But we, like, I honestly wouldn't have been surprised if he got the invite to the World Junior. Yeah, I think if they have a bigger, so if COVID's not a thing, they have a bigger selection camp. He's hundred percent. He does. Yeah, because he's he's that protocol defenseman that Canada takes that under that underage defenseman that Canada always takes. He's that guy, and. He's good, so I was just surprised that he wasn't, but there's well, a lot of surprises about the invite. That's well, it's, it's funny you mentioned that about the underage player invited. And talking with Ted Lehman, voice of the Ice Dogs on the radio, you know, he talked with Ryan Ulihan and he even chats with Adam Dennis when uh, when the Ice Dogs were up in North Bay. They, they look like uh, – yeah, okay. They look nice. like uh, – My favorite GM in the league right now. Yeah. yeah. There's not a show that goes by well. I don't talk – there's not a show I don't that goes by that or I don't talk about Adam Dennis being a best GM. I love the guy. He's great. Um, they're comparing Ty Nelson to Ryan Ellis about yeah. how good he was with the Windsor Spitfires. And yeah, as you mentioned, underage defenseman. How many how many games did Ryan Ellis play in the World Juniors? <laughs> and that's what you know. Yeah, and that's what uh, Joel Vanderland. Props to Joel Vanderland. That was his player cop to Ty Nelson. Yeah, uh, Ryan Ellis. So props to Joel. But yeah, that's it. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's good and he's an elite defenseman in our league. So, they're not wrong at all about that comp for sure. He's good. Okay. All right. Got to get to these trades here. Um, we'll start with the North Bay Battalion. This kind of got released either after you recorded or after we posted. And I was kind of like, oh, really? Come on. Yeah. That's it. Uh, the Christopolis duo in North Bay is no longer. Alex heads to Windsor for a 2025, 2025 fifth round pick. From the ONCC trade book. Yeah, had a boy, Colin. <laughs> uh, trade number two, 
Justin O'Donnell heads to Saginaw for a seventh round pick in 2022. Good value there. Good value there with O'Donnell going to Saginaw. That's a good spot. Him and Josh Bloom, good buddies there too. Both from the Oakville area. Colin really likes this one. And uh, you're going to have another, maybe not another stat of the day, but an honorable mention for stat of the day. Uh, Ty McSorley heads to London for a 10th rounder in 2023, uh, heading back to Oshawa. How many hits did Ty McSorley have in his first two games? Like 15? 15. 15 hits. Yeah, I mean, he had the nicest hit I saw all season behind the net on the Friday night game against Erie. Shoulder on shoulder, right through the player. I forget who it was on Erie. I mean, it doesn't really matter. It was just a nice hit. Really good pickup for a lot of London's gradually – Starting to buy. Yeah. Everyone talked about the Ben Roger deal. Obviously, those picks are still available for, we would imagine, an elite player in this league. Don't know who, but they're starting to buy, and I really like the McSorley deal because London's always had that tough OA. They've always had that person that you don't like to play against. I mean, being a lot of Knights helps on that, but having that player that you don't like is a big get. And Ty McSorley brings that to the team. I mean, McSorley was always a hard worker. When you watch him play in uh, Oshawa, he was always that hard-working player where he's going to hit everything that moves. He's going to finish checks. He's going to go hard every shift, and that's what he does. And I really like that pickup. For the London Knights, it's a low-risk, high-reward, right? A 10th-round pick for the London Knights, that's not much. Yeah, When you're in first place in the OHL, what's a 10th-round pick? So, good good trade, low-risk, yeah. high-reward. Good spot for get away for them to because they still have one more spot available. Yeah, I mentioned the likes Willie Lahead. They brought him over from Niagara a few years ago. Carbonero. Um, yeah, Carbonero wasn't an OA, but he was still the guy where you're like, Yeah, oh, really? We got to play this guy. Hey, I have a memory. Yeah. I have a memory about Adrian Carbonero. I think I was in like grade 11. By the way, for the way he played That's on serious. the ice, for anyone listening, Adrian Carbonero is one of the nicest guys I've ever met off the oh. ice. Like, he hey, was I- he was fun to be around off the ice <laughs> after games. I'm not kidding. When I so in that playoff series against Erie, when London lost in seven, the Tyler Parsons series where Tyler Parsons played incredible, where he just did whatever he wanted to do out there and making 60 saves a night. But it was just cool to watch him play because I watched him get caught out there on the ice. Obviously, when you watch a guy get caught on the ice, you're like, oh no, get off, get off, get off. But so it was after the whistle. He goes up to every single Erie otter. Now it's only had that line, Radish to Brinkett and Strom. He went up to all three of those guys and gave him a little tap on the back. Draws a penalty from Dylan Stroh. That the he gets to the third. So I watch him give a Radish a shot at the first. Just a little tap in the back of the skates. Radish turns around and says something. Then he goes up to the brink. It gives him a tap. Doesn't doesn't really say anything. And then he goes up goes up to Stroh. Gives him another tap. Stroh turns around, slashes him. He gets the penalty. That might be the all time Adrian Carbonara moment you could think of. I love That's that type bad, of eh? play. Obviously, Reese, you know how I like. I like my hockey players. So that was pretty cool to see that at a Carbonara. So that's the one memory I have from Adrian Carbonara. As we bring him up, I had to mention that. I think I always do. Oh, yeah. We bring him up. But what a what a fun player he was to watch. And Ty McSorley brings that energy to London Knights. He's kind of like the Navarin Mutter of yeah. the Western Conference now, where he's going to yeah. hit guys. And I mean, I love the Mutter price for Mutter definitely would have been higher. Oh, big time, big time. You're looking at a fifth round pick at tops for Mutter. That's how good Mutter is for your team. I mean, he. He's just a winner. He's just a winner. So, yeah, very excited. Very excited to see Ty McSorley in London. Trade number four happened Monday. And, well, we knew the Ice Dogs had to do something. Three very talented goaltenders, Tucker Tynan, Josh Rosenzweig, who, by the way, two outstanding starts this week for the Ice Dogs. I mean, not a big deal. One win over Ottawa, 33 of 34 he stops. You know, he gave up five against North Bay, but three or four of those, no goaltender stopping. It was that cross-crease pass, two-on-one, or, you know, just down low. Nobody's stopping it. So, I mean, just two very nice performances from Josh Rosenswag and, of course, uh, Joseph Costanzo, who just won a gold medal at the Capital City Challenge. So, it was inevitable that we were going to see a goaltender move. Um, I think for Niagara fans, it was really unfortunate that uh, Tucker Tynan got moved. Uh, but at the same time, I think you got to give Rosenzweig and Costanzo an opportunity to play some games, um, you know, just try and work that core in 
to develop for something great. But uh, yeah, Tucker tying into Sault Ste. Marie for an eighth round pick in 2024 and a third round pick in 2025. Good value. That's a fair value trade. That's a good trade for sides who obviously need the goalie. This was just a matter of time. I think since like the beginning of the season, we kind of, we didn't really know what Niagara would be. I mean, some had them high, some had them low. I had them as a surprise. I was wrong. No, no, the pack, but you knew you kind of thought they would sell. And that's just the trade that everyone kind of knew was going to happen. You kind of thought, okay, when's it? It's a matter of time before Tucker Tynan goes to Sault Ste. Marie, yeah. just because Sault Ste. Marie needs a goaltender so bad. And Tucker Tynan going to Sioux, it was drawn up since like the first weekend of training camp. You kind of figured it was going to happen, and it happened. So that's a good deal for both sides. I like that deal. I think there's I think Kitchener would also probably be involved, obviously not guaranteed, but you would think Kitchener yeah. would be involved too with their goaltending situation. But I feel like they're happy with what they have. They just gotta develop with Shion and Parsons. But tying into Sue is a matter of time. Good trade for Sue. They need the goalie. Good trade for Niagara getting the picks, the picks that they could possibly trade. That 2025 third round pick, I would think that was that would be gone because next year the ice dogs gotta be better. Because if they're not better, there's gonna be a lot of movement going on in that. Off front office for sure in Niagara because you can't go four seasons without being close to the playoffs because Niagara doesn't like losing very well as nobody does. So there's something they to look may, out they, for. Yeah, especially when you're a franchise that makes the playoffs the first 12 seasons. Of, yeah, and then all of a sudden. Not their exist, existence, but their existence in Niagara. So You could say existence. But yeah, it's, it's just a matter of time, right? If you're not going – if you're struggling like that – Eventually, that tough move has to be made. And I would say if they don't turn around next year, there's going to be changes there because it has to be. It has to, yeah. Four years yeah. would be very bad. You don't see that a lot in junior hockey. I agree. All right, that's it for the trades. One suspension. Andrew Parrott of the Owen Sound Attack. He gets two games. Eligible to be back Wednesday in Windsor. Yeah, so I mean, tomorrow night. Yeah. He already yeah, tomorrow night. Game, so. yeah, tomorrow night he'll be back. And that's why I said I hope there's no suspensions this week. Obviously, the Wednesday night games, now that we get close to the holiday break, we're going to have those weekday games. Yeah. That's not fun because they may, there's more games, but I hope I hope that effect stays true because I don't want to talk about suspensions next week. And uh, Andrew Parrott, I hope, is the last to be suspended for a while in the interlock. Obviously, it's going to happen. It's part of the game, but it's not fun talking about it every week. You know, It's been like eight straight weeks we've talked about suspensions. Yeah, it sucks. Really does, yeah. But all right, players of the week, and then we'll get to Hockey Canada's nine OHLers uh, heading to selection camp. Uh, players of the week, or player of the week. I don't know why I keep saying players, but um, player of the week is Windsor Spitfire Wyatt Johnston, uh, Dallas Stars prospect. He had two goals and seven assists in two games and a plus-minus rating of plus five, and a point streak that has been extended to 14 games. Yeah, it was well-deserved. It was well-deserved. No arguments this week. No arguments this week for me. That was good. That was good. Didn't hear it. Didn't hear it as bad as I thought I was, so that was good for the last one. Other players included San Jose Sharks prospect Brandon Coe, the North Bay Battalion, who, by the way, is now a signed prospect. So good for him. Good for Brandon Coe. Yeah, um, Get that ELC. Yeah, that's what it's about. Three yeah. goals, four assists for him over two victories for the North Bay Battalion. And, of course, Shane Wright. Uh, recording eight points, two goals, six assists over three Kingston victories. And speaking of Kingston, their man in the net. One goaltender of the week, Levi Marilinen takes home the honors you're going 2-0 with a 0.50 goals against average save percentage of 980 and one donut to go along with that yeah Marilyn had a good week for sure he's starting to play better and better each week as he's getting used to the Ontario Hockey League very good pick no arguments this week by me at all I mean I agree with both two if I had to draw it up I'd probably pick both two they both yeah. had really good weeks and congrats to them all right, nine OHLers are headed to keep Team Canada camp. A lot of them are obvious. A lot of them are 
or should rephrase that. A lot of them are obvious. Some of them are what? As in that guy's not at camp? As in yeah. a certain Barry Colts defenseman? Named. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised Brant Clark's not there, Darius. I honestly, that was the one shocker from this roster. It really was. I'm not shocked that Bedard's there at all. I expect him to be there. I mean, he's good. He's not having the best he, best of years, but he's good. But Brant Clark not there is like the biggest shock, in my opinion. I think a lot of people walk. were. Like, is. Yeah. Man. Um, go through the players. Uh, Brett Brochu, hashtag show guest, not a big deal. Uh, not a big deal. Brett Brochu, he is on the team. Canada announcing three goaltenders oh, as part of this roster. Brett Brochu is one of them. He will be a part of the chase for gold for Team Canada in Edmonton. Uh, on defense, Ryan O'Rourke kind of saw that coming. Uh, Jack Thompson of the Sudbury Wolves also nice. saw that coming. Yeah. And then future alumni. Detroit Red Wing. Yeah, alumni. Donovan Sabrango. Still Ooh, eligible to come back to Kitchener. Doubtful, he but um, eh, he might now going to the World Juniors. Don't really see uh, Stevie Y do that too much. He may, but yeah. he's having a really good AHL season. I don't think he goes back, but he might. It, that that option's open now that he goes. But I think we could I have this discussion with Stevie Y giving permission to Sabrango to leave. Is that why Brant Clark's not on this selection? I don't mm. think it is. But uh, no, I don't think it is just because Donovan Sabrango might be their top defenseman along with Owen Power. So I don't think that is, but he definitely should be there over their bottom three. There's no way Brant Clark isn't a six fifth defenseman unless unless it's a selection committee thinking that he can't play a five six defensive role. He's got to be a top, he's got to be a top three defenseman because and that's what I kind of think why he's not there because when you look at their defense score, okay, you have Owen Power, you have Lambos in Winnipeg, who's really good. You have Gooley, who's really good. You just got traded Edmonton. You have Sabrangos in the AHL, who's really good. Yeah, so there's, top four. there's a good top four who can, and every single defenseman at the World Junior Team can run a power play. Every defenseman does it on their junior team. So that's the situation. But Jack, you look at the Jack Thompson pick, he's having a very good season, a very good season. He, yes, he's, he should be there. The right choice was made. But Jack Thompson, may play a better fifth or sixth role and play that penalty kill role, be that shutdown defenseman than a Brant Clark. Brant Clark is a very good defenseman, very good defenseman. But we watched him resell on, on that penalty kill in Niagara a few weeks ago against, against Niagara where there were a couple of shorthanded goals against on their power play where botching coverage, you can't do that at the high level. Maybe Dave Cameron saw that. Maybe they saw that, but like, he should have been there, nevertheless. I'm not going to nitpick the kid's game. He's a really good player, obviously, but I just think it's a matter of top six, of top three defensemen to a bottom three. When you look at some of the guys they took where they can play that four, five, six defenseman role, no problem. Mm-hmm. And then the top three, I mean, first overall picks there, Owen Power. Donovan Sabrani was in the AHL. You, how, right? So that's yeah. the one thing that I think about it. To the forwards, Will Cooley, the Windsor Spitfires. Luke Evangelista, the London Knights. Hashtag show guest. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. Um, Mason McTavish, of course, no shocker there. Um, if he wouldn't have been back in Peterborough, I'm sure Anaheim would have let him go to the World Juniors for sure. Uh, Cole Perfetti, also an alum. Saginaw Spirit alum. Uh, playing with the Manitoba Moose uh, currently. And then, of course, Shane Wright of the Kingston Frontenacs. Um, really, we see all of those guys could fit in very nicely on Team Canada. So, uh, yeah, nine guys from the OHL headed to selection camp out west. Of course, you look at the hockey operations staff, uh, James Boyd of the Ottawa 67s, you mentioned it, uh, head coach Dave Cameron, also of the 67s. Uh, the equipment manager will be Chris Hamilton of the Ottawa 67s, part of the 2021 junior team. And then that's that's sick. They listed the security liaison, Bob Martin of the London Knights. That's cool. Yeah, he's been there forever. That. That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, that's cool that they have him in there for sure. But yeah, 
Of course, Boxing Day is when it starts. Canada takes on the Czech Republic. They also play Austria on the 28th, Germany on the 29th. Lucky for them, Mort Sider can't play in the tournament anymore. And he's uh, going to win the caller. They will take on Finland on the 31st, New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah it's a weird, will. it's a weird, it's a weird schedule. My right now, obviously, it's not the real junior preview yet, so I shouldn't be saying this. But right now, I think fourth place. Right now, I think fourth place because Russia is going to be really good. The U.S. is going to get Finland's going to be good with Brad Lambert. It's going to be interesting to see how he looks. And Sweden, obviously, is always good. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see where they go. But it's hard to say. And with the Brant Clark situation, we saw Ryan Merkley get cut probably for the exact same reason. Probably yeah. for the exact same reason. Because there's no way Ryan Merkley didn't have the talent back a few seasons ago when he didn't get the invite as well. I so agree. that's, in my opinion, I just think it's this top, the defensive depth role. What type of role he could play. All right. The moment is coming. Time for a break. When we come back, we will select our featured game. Trust us, we will. And then the announcement. What is going on with the Own 60 podcast in 2022? What's going Colin on? Colin is we're mouthing something. Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying what's but, going um, on? Yeah, I'm trying to find a song. Yes. Play out of the break for what's going on. Are they tying my headphones? Yeah. Headband. We will let you know what's going on with us next here on the Owen 60 podcast. This is the Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Welcome back to the Owen 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demani along with Colin Ward, and we've picked our featured game. It will take place Sunday, December 12th. At 2 p.m. Eastern time, the Barry Colts will visit the North Bay Battalion. And this is, is going to be good because these two teams are expected to compete for the division title along with Mississauga now that we've seen the start that they've had. So it, it's going to be an interesting matchup. I mean, obviously the records are going to change. It's not going to stay where they are because the game is on a Sunday. But this will be meeting number three uh, between the two teams, or meeting number four. Sorry, uh, they do a they have a back to back this weekend, yeah. the eleventh and twelfth. So, um, first meeting was on the seventeenth of October. It was a six to four Barry win at the North Bay Memorial Gardens, and then it would be the Battalion getting some revenge on October thirtieth. Eight to three was the final at Sad Lawn Arena. So, you know, th- this is going to be a good one. Of course, Brandon Coe just got signed by the San Jose Sharks, so he's still got a lot to play for. He's leading in scoring, 46 points uh, on the season. You know, Matvey Petrov, 39 points on the season. Then you can go down the list. Kyle Jackson's got 37 points. Mitchell Russell, 24. Ty Nelson's there with 20. He's the fifth-highest scorer. Show guys, not a big deal. Exactly. Love that. <laughs> Uh, and then you go to the other side, you go to the Barry Colts. And I mean, the point totals aren't there, but the, these players are still very effective. They're still very good. You know, you got Oscar Olison, 12 goals, 13 assists. He's got 25 points on the season. Uh, Brant Clark's got 23. Nathan Allenson is 17. Ethan Cardwell, 16. And then Evan Veerling's got 16 points as well. So, I mean, there, there are, there's a lot of talent on both of these teams heading into their uh, uh, weekend uh, couple of tilts. Yeah. T- Two top 10 power plays. Barry's in 10th right now on the power play. North Bay's in fifth. So two top 10 power plays. So it's going to be interesting to see. Can they get the special teams going? That's always my answer, special teams. I'm just a big fan of in-game stuff and situational stuff. And also, I can't believe I forgot to say this, but I didn't forget. But Thursday, Thursday night, Bo Gelsma, show Gelsma, show guest Gelsma. The game winner in overtime against Hamilton at home. So I just had to bring that up. Bo Jelsman, the first OT winner against oh the Hamilton Bulldogs. He's in that game against Ty Nelson. So two show guests, not a big deal going up head to head. So I'm excited to see that one. Yeehaw. Barry Colts, winners of four of their last five heading into the weekend. Battalion have uh, won three of their last five. So it should be a fun one. Sunday afternoon uh, at the North Bay Memorial Gardens, it is the Colts and Battalion, two o'clock start. 
uh, stay tuned at the own 60 podcast, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook uh, for all the updates. All right. The announcement <laughs> hashtag the announcement. Uh, what is going on with us in 2022? Well, we just got a ladder. We just got, Oh, a ladder. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh what a good video. I wonder is. who it is. So let's look at a calendar here because I can't remember what day the first Tuesday is in January. January there it 4th. Is. January 4th. Yes. Good call. January 4th. We are taking, by the way, for anyone wondering, we uh, will not have a show uh, the week of the 28th. Um, our last show will be before the World Juniors on the 21st. We will break on the 28th and then come back January 4th. When we come back on January 4th, this really isn't a big change, um, at least this announcement anyways. Um, as of January 4th, we will be um, the OHL in 60 podcast. Um, you know, this leads into our next announcement. We've got a couple of things to announce. Actually, a few things to announce, I should say, about three or four things. Um, we will be known as the OHL in 60 podcast come January 4th. Um, just with what I have to say in a couple of seconds here, it makes a lot more sense. Um, instead of just keeping it at O, um, you know, why not uh, build it to the OHL just for anyone that's out there and be like, hey, what, like, oh, what is that? Well, okay. Um, yeah, we're I've gonna that start... so many times. Yeah, we're going to, we're, we're going to. Cool. The ring's cool though. O and 60, the ring is so cool. Yeah, but know, yeah. Right? But... We'll, we'll retire. We'll put it in the rafters. We'll oh, put yeah. the graphic in the rafters. Yeah. It's too bad. It's too bad we're not at the studio because we'd hang it. We could hang we'd a hang banner it. in the studio. That'd be sick. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, January 4th, we are now the OHL and 60 podcast. <sighs> Announcement number two, new name, new logo. Um, the first draft is already done. Um, I will continue to work on, you know, uh, getting the logo ready as we lead up to January 4th, we will have a few teases, um, you know, of the logo and we're actually, do we do it New Year's Eve? We discussed that. Do we do it New Year's Eve? Do we reveal New Year's Eve? Do we reveal it New Year's Day? Do we do it's it Christmas tough. Eve? Like the top one? Because Christmas Eve, there's no games on, right? Like, so, like, and you see that all the yeah. time around, like, I mean, you see the top plays of the year and stuff. Why not Bill and 60 make a drop? Yeah. Okay. I like that. Um, but yeah. Well, I mean, there, yeah, there's going to be two no weeks. show. So that's two weeks, um, two shows from now. Might as well. Or do we do it the 28th when we're supposed to have a show, but we're taking a week off for holidays? Do we do it the 28th? That's tough. 20, 24, there's no games on, though. 24 is before yeah, the Yeah, true, yeah. Christmas Eve. Okay, yeah, let's do it Christmas Eve. So Christmas Eve, um, we will have teases leading up to Christmas Eve. That is when we will unveil um, our new logo featuring our new name, the OHL in 60 podcast. Announcement number three. You heard me mention it in segment two. You can hear us on Apple, Spotify, Google, um, SoundCloud, other places. <laughs> yeah, other places. Um, as of January 24th, uh, we have had a few chats uh, with Reed Duthie um, of the, Ham the voice of the Hamilton Bulldogs. Our podcast will now be part of the Hamilton Bulldogs audio network. Starting By January fourth, um, so that that's big news for us. Um, obviously, obviously, we recorded out of Hamilton, out of the TSN eleven fifty Hamilton studios. So, you know, we are kind of already in Hamilton, but uh, the Bulldogs are trying to create something really awesome, kind of like I don't want to say like the Tie Cats are doing, but I mean, um, pretty good. The CFL season starts before the OHL season does, so. You know, that's kind of where uh, things got going. But uh, the Hamilton Bulldogs trying to create something special. And, I mean, that's where it's headed. It's headed all online. We're headed for, you know, a digital world. Uh, you know, CHL TV is, you know, streaming already. It's odd. Like, I love using it. You, you get glitches sometimes. Yeah. But, I mean, it's – You get the delay. You get the delay, too. Yeah. Like a 40-second delay. Yeah, it's a work in progress. But uh, that that's where the world's going. So, the Bulldogs – uh, they're trying to create something really cool with the Bulldogs audio network. And we're going to be a part of that network starting January 4th. So um, yeah, I guess it was only three announcements. So that's kind of what's going on with us uh, come 2022. We're excited for and, it. Uh, it's going to be fun. 
And by the way, if Reed's listening to this, just call us. We can do some of those awesome commercials if you want it. Man, oh, yeah, wow. man, we I know, can do eh? it. We can do it. We were talking. We were those talking about awesome. this on Sunday. So Sunday at the game in house, they have the commercials running on their big screen. It reached out thinking, if we do a commercial, oh. this would be wild. This would be wild. It would be interesting, but it would be That'd unreal. Be I'm not good with scripts because I'm a blonde, so that's my excuse. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But, hey, I can run freestyle with the best of them. So if they need us, let us know. We can do a commercial on it because, oh, that would be unreal. Yeah. That would be awesome. Um, an official announcement will come out, um, whether it's by us or the Bulldogs. We still got to figure that out. Um, there will be something up on Twitter and Instagram once we get closer to January 4th. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, we're really excited for it. Oh, big time. Yeah. It's been fun. It was a long couple months of leading up to it. I think. It yeah. I remember, I can't remember if it was labor day or what weekend it was. I was at a, I call you. at my uncle's cottage. <laughs> All of a sudden I get a call from Colin Ward and he's like, Oh, you know, I was just talking with Reed and he's, you know, this is what the Bulldogs are doing. I go, Oh, okay. So yeah, it was just, you know, it was in the works for a few months and, um, now that we're heading towards 2022, we're a couple of holdouts, you know, uh, contract disputes. <laughs> Having fun with it, but contract. no, yeah. <laughs> contract, yeah, you like that one. But yeah, it was really, Reed's going to, Reed's going to love it when he hears that comment, but yeah, it's been, it's going to be fun and I just can't, I'm really excited and it's going to be a great experience for us and really good organization really it's gonna be a really good network to be a part of and it's an automatic for us it's an automatic for us and looking forward to it it's exciting it's exciting for sure logo logo looks really sharp too by the way Thanks, reese, reese, reese killed it so you just a rough it. draft it's not final yet we'll see what's going on yeah i mean i struggle to draw a stick person so <laughs> <laughs> do we do we have a coloring contest oh my god <laughs> what is that colin oh my that's what it would be, but oh. coloring OHL and sixty coloring contest. Yeah, but yeah, that's that that's kind of where we're at right now. Uh, we're pumped for it. We've gone over time now, but of course, we'll once we hit the network, we'll try and get close to that sixty minutes, so there's no false advertising. I think we, I think we need a, I think we need a shut up calling button. I think we do one thousand yeah. percent. We do for the for the yeah. We go on the network. We the. Like that was easy. You click a button. Shut up, Colin. Shut up, Colin. That was easy. That was easy. <laughs> but yeah, it was a fun one. We got to yeah. play the goal horn. I, we might have to switch the wings goal horn. Anyway. No, that is not yeah. happening. <laughs> I had to mention that. I no. had to mention that. Click no, a couple buttons not. there. Hey, you had the fuse. I had the lighter there, and I just lit it. Had a boy. Uh, yeah. But yeah, again, stay tuned at the Own Sixty Podcast Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. For our featured game, December 12th, 2 p.m. start between the Barry Colts and North Bay Battalion. And, of course, come January 4th, we will now be the OHL in 60 podcast. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. We do it for all the fans um, and because junior hockey is awesome. So, so uh, heard, from a sor- heard from a source, yeah. OHL in 60. <laughs> Big Ben source. All, all right, right let's get out of here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Yeah, we will chat in seven days. Thank you.